Hi, it's Michael Anthony, and welcome to Meat News Live, keeping an eye on the latest news affecting meat and animal-based lifestyles. Please like and subscribe if you haven't already. Thank you, and you can find all my links at themeatofit.com. Let's jump straight into the headlines from Google News. I'm choosing Google News specifically because it's the mainstream, so we want to look and see what the mainstream is saying about meat and... Yeah, that's what we want to do. So let's do that right now. Now, I'm going to hit refresh. I've been doing this for the past couple of days, and a lot of the stories are just not about meat. It's crazy. So the top story here is Beyond Meat opens JD.com store as China's interest in plant-based meat substitute surges, uh, which is interesting because that contrasts with... Um, some other, oh, the one right under it. Beyond Meat opens JD.com store as Chinese remain wary of meat substitutes. Wow. That's fascinating. Already, look, <laughs> the top two stories are giving you opposite headlines. I, already, there's something fishy going on here. Um, in this case, you can just follow the, uh, I guess, motivation of each. Uh, totally vegan buzz says Beyond Meat uh, uh, opens up this store as China's interest in plant-based meat substitutes surges. They're claiming that there's a surge in interest, and this is totally vegan buzz, whereas, uh, let's see, KFGO News, I don't know who they are, but um, it sounds like it's just a regular station in uh, the United States uh, saying, you know, the Chinese will remain wary of meat substitutes. So Vegan Buzz says the Ch China wants the fake meat. And the regular news says, and I've seen this story already, that it seems that the Chinese are hesitant to jump into this fake meat market. And I'm very proud of all the people in China resisting this fake meat. The plant-based, the... the um, cultured, petri dish meat, all of that crap. It's not real. And there's a very good, healthy meat-eating tradition in the Far East. Some of the highest, uh, and not, some of the longest-lived people, I believe, are in Hong Kong, and they eat the some maybe, maybe the most meat in, in the entire world. They're definitely up there. So, and it's red meat. Red meat they eat, and they live a long time. It's not fish and chicken. Of course, that can help you, but we know how good beef is for us, those of us who live a carnivorous lifestyle. Now, moving on to, uh, let's see. I've kind of gone into these stories recently, the uh, Beyond Meat, um, but... What I have not looked into is this. The Impossible Foods founder, Pat Brown, dishes on the future of alt-meat. Let's see what they mean by alt-meat. In fact, <laughs> I just realized I'm not sharing my screen. Uh, sorry. <laughs> Here we go. So now you can see what I'm reading. Okay, so, uh, there's an ad. Let's try to close that. Eh, whatever. Why the CEO of Impossible Foods thinks he can eliminate all animal-based meat in 15 years. 
You see that they aren't satisfied just offering more solutions for vegetarians and vegans. They want everyone to... Okay, so here we go. Uh, bacon made of fungus, 3D printed steaks, and meat, quote-unquote, made of air. The future uh, for this new food category is promising but turbulent. <laughs> okay. Now, this is from the Washington Post, which says democracy dies in darkness. Welcome to the Dark Ages. All right. So, here's a charming photograph of Pat Brown, founder and CEO of Impossible Foods, speaking in 2020, who says that his company, which to date has iterations of ground meat, iterations of ground meat, will have fillet-like cuts available in well under two years. Oh, good for you. Getting faker and faker. All right, this art article is by Laura Riley. It's from today. Veggie burgers used to be a peace offering for vegans at backyard barbecues. But companies like Impossible Food, but sorry, but then companies like Impossible Foods debuted meat alternatives that even carnivores gobbled up with, enthousi <laughs> with enthusiasm. Yeah, sure. Launching a global race to make plant-based products that taste and true and bleed like the real thing. During the pandemic, more Americans began experimenting with cooking plant-based meat while stuck at home, triggering, uh, triggering a surge of interest in alternative meats. Alternative meats. Isn't that a fun phrase? You get, they like to call them alternative proteins as well. Um, many consumers citing fears about climate change, animal welfare, and worker safety for their interest. I haven't even heard... Like, two out of these three. I mean, people do sometimes cite animal welfare, but not enough. Climate change you hear a lot, but really. Uh, worker safety I definitely don't hear often. But uh, the Washington Post, I don't know. I'm just trying to read into the angles, you know. None of, the, none of these news sources is pure. So... In an exclusive interview with the Washington Post, Pat Brown, founder of Impossible Foods, spoke about his company's pledge to eliminate animal agriculture in the next 15 years. Put it on your calendar, because Impossible Foods is going to do it. Uh, not if I have anything to do with it, buddy. Although alt-meat... Alt-meat, that's fascinating, right? You know these people would not want to be associated with the alt-right... But alt-meat is still, uh, not on, uh, still only accounts for about 1% of the total meat market, Brown said. Food is the single biggest lever we can use to drastically change the trajectory of climate change. He spoke about how... <laughs> That's not even true, by the way, but <clears throat> moving on. He spoke about how to incentivize ranchers and farmers to capture greenhouse gases... How traditional animal agriculture threatens biodiversity? What? How traditional animal culture threatens biodiversity? Listen to this, folks. This is madness. This is the opposite of the truth. Literally the opposite. It's infuriating. He, he should know better. The fact that he doesn't know better knows, means that he doesn't really understand science or doesn't care to look into enough sources. I mean... Uh, their 
lies are being shoved into our faces all the time. All the time. So, uh, anyway. Let's check out the chat for a second. I agree, Lorin. These people are scary. Hey, Jay's crazy cuts and uh, extended cuts. Uh, yeah, I, 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 that, the sh uh, that emoji, that shocked emoji, I can only imagine what you're thinking and feeling right now. Archimedean Eye, the Washington Compost. <laughs> yeah, I think that's what it's fit for. Unfortunately, I can't compost this uh, computer screen, nor would I want to. I kind of need it. But Witty got homes. Hey, how you doing? Yes, Lorin, this stuff is garbage. Thank you. Thank you all for the chats. So he's continuing here. There's a long historical legacy of products that no meat eater would touch with a 10-foot pole, Brown said by video conference from California. Yeah, that's true. When I founded the company 10 years ago this week, my premise was, we can't rely on the political landscape changing, so irrespective of how you feel about climate change, animal welfare, and the public health impact of animals in the food system, we wanted to make products that consumers will buy because they're more delicious, more nutritious. <laughs> Good luck with that one, buddy. Eventually uh, more affordable than the ones made from animals. Even if they cost nothing. If, even if they're free and I have to... Oh, no way I'm turning to this plant-based garbage, this processed food. Here is a lightly edited transcript of the rest of the... Okay, we don't have to go into the whole thing, but we should look at a little bit. Let's see, there's, uh, there's a lot of talk in Washington about how agriculture can be part of the solution for climate change. What should this, that system look like? Okay, this is interesting. I want to see what he thinks. There's a simple way to have a very big impact, which is just to play, uh, pay a price for carbon capture, just like we pay teachers to teach our kids. It's a public service. You hear that? It sounds like they're trying to tax you extra because they think that meat harms the environment. But let's see. Government pays for a lot of public services. Suppose you were to offer farmers and ranchers payment for carbon capture on their land, and maybe a premium for biodiversity recovery. You're not telling them to do it. You're just saying this would help solve a lot of problems. If you were to say, you know what, we're going to create a budget that's, say, uh, say ten, uh, $40 billion. That's not chump change, but it's a rounding error relative to the infrastructure bill or how much we pay for police and prisons and all that stuff in the federal budget. Interesting. Interesting. He makes a couple of interesting points, and they're almost valid, but there's a problem. We spend too much on police and prisons and all that stuff. We shouldn't have most of that stuff, in my opinion. But that's the anarchist in me talking, so... It would be more lucrative, he says, for most of these farmers and ranchers to get paid to manage the land for carbon capture than chasing cows around. Really, really. Who asked this schmuck? We'd be giving farmers and ranchers another potential source of income and effectively adding stability to rural economies. No, you'd be invading and taking over traditional lifestyles that have sustained American health for hundreds of years and the world's health, really, and for many more, <laughs> for millennia, many millennia eons anyway taking a break and looking at the chat hey ryan 
Ryan says, I don't like when strangers get to decide what's important and what's not important for others. I agree. And Ryan's an anarchist, too, a market type. Yeah, I think uh, I'm a, uh, uh, what, an ANCAP, anarcho-capitalist, still learning about, I mean, I've never been political, and it's because I'm so anarchistic at heart, but uh, now I have to get political because of this crap, you know? At least have to pay attention. So it says here, the question from the Washington Post is the next one, and I think it's another one that's interesting. You talk a lot about the threats of climate change, but also of loss of biodiversity. Can you unpack that connection between animal agriculture and biodiversity? And here's his answer. Now, uh, I remind you, this is the CEO of Impossible Foods. Pat Brown. All right. His answer to this question is, we are in the very late stages of an absolute catastrophic collapse of global biodiversity. Keep in mind, these people always have this doom that's looming over, just, just straight ahead. Things are, I'm saying that things are good now, <laughs> and we should keep them good, and that they could be better, but anyway... There's a, there's always this threat of, of uh, before I think tw by 2020 New York City was supposed to be underwater what, something like that doing all right doing all right uh, but all right uh, so he says uh, he's unpacking the connection between animal agriculture and biodiversity because he's claiming that traditional he claimed earlier in this article that. Uh, Traditional animal agriculture <laughs> actually hurts biodiversity, and that is so... I don't even know how he was able to conceptualize that. But let's see what he says. We are in the very late stages of an absolute catastrophic collapse of global biodiversity. The total number of living wild mammals, birds, reptiles, amphibians, and fish on Earth today is less than a third of what it was 50 years ago. Yeah, it, it's a problem, for sure. Um, and it's almost entirely due to our use of animals as a food technology. No. No. Even if it's true, it would be due to factory farming, factory fishing, not the traditional practices. Not the traditional practices, which are sustainable. I just have to make that point, because this is madness, and it's leading to... Uh, Social pressure, laws, all these things that are hurting people in real life. It's not just in this schmuck's head. <sighs> all right. And maybe I'm being harsh, but I hate this stuff. The overwhelming driver of the collapse of terrestrial species is habitat destruction and degradation. Well, look at the monocropping. <laughs> to grow soy, to grow corn, to grow wheat. Destroying habitats left and right to create monocrops. And you think that's biodiversity, Pat? More than 80% of the land footprint of humanity is land used for animal agriculture. Every city on Earth sits on less than 1% of the planet's land. The land footprint of animal agriculture, when you account feed crops unnecessary we don't need feed we can grow animals ruminant animals anywhere on the grass that's almost anywhere on earth 
It's amazing. So it's a lie when they say you need to feed them extra crap. You just need, you need grass. That's all you need. Um, so yeah, so when you count feed crops, permanent pastures, which again can be anywhere, you don't need to make a special, and temporary grazing on pasture is 45% of Earth's land area. Even if that's true, okay, that's land where cows are great, all, any kind of cattle, uh, ruminant animals are grazing, uh, eating the grass, helping to trim the grass, uh, instead of running machines to trim the grass, uh, we can let these animals eat. The, it's their food. And then the microbes in their guts transform that into the most bioavailable nutrition on the planet. It's amazing. It's miraculous. So uh, if they are... And mind, okay, and another point I have to make is that they're fertilizing the land as they do this. So as they graze, you know... They eat where they poop. They they do. And uh, thankfully, that's the case because that means they're keeping the land... They're bringing the land back to life in some cases. And we need them doing that. So, please, saying that... Complaining that ha almost half of Earth's land area is being fertilized and looked after by ruminant... Thank you, ruminants. I think it's a good thing. And they're trying to scare us with this stuff. Huh. Well, let's uh, take a look at the chat. Very active. Thank you. See, Ryan. Ryan's mentioning Murray Rothbard. Yes, I'm reading Rothbard lately, uh, trying to get the libertarian and anarcho-capitalist basics Uh Pat, like that old Saturday night skit, Ryan says. Yeah, uh, I, you know, it's so classic SNL is so old at this point. I, I it, that one's slipping my mind, but I, I mean the name I remember, but I can't remember the character. But yeah, these these are weird lies. Uh, th thanks for chiming in. Um, and Lorin says, this is insanity. Nope, not harsh. Thank you. Yeah, it's, I'm trying not to be harsh about this, but man. Um, and Ryan says, yeah, look at the monocropping. Yep. Which is something that you need to do to create these fake, uh, plant-based, uh, you know, soy-based wheat, the soy, the whatever, all the, these ingredients that they, they, cram into to try to mimic meat which you, you know how many ingredients are in beef one plum hi plum plum says i like how you're presenting this this is just as nice as the park Gl i'm glad thank you i'm glad um, and lorin says and how much is biodiversity harmed by the mass herbicide spraying absolutely absolutely um i mean and these poisons, they don't just poison or uh, certain um, uh, weeds, right? <laughs> I almost forgot the word for weeds. but Because, I mean, really, all plants are necessary. I mean, of course, in a garden, I understand you want to keep... But basically, uh, herbicides or any other poisons, pesticides, all of these things. That's what we're finding with uh, glyphosate, gly sorry, glyphosate, right? I don't know a lot about glyphosate, but... Um, 
or Roundup, but uh, poisons are poison. So if it's going to harm, just like antibiotics, if we mess with life, we mess with life. That's it. Um, I mean, there are some exceptions like, uh, you know, we're able to tolerate more of the anti-nutrients and toxins in most plants than, say, a little insect, which will be destroyed. I mean, even caffeine would kill a little bug. But for us, it can create a, a, stimulus, a stimulant effect because it's only kind of hurting us and maybe spiking our cortisol levels and making us freak out on a very gentle level. But we um, interpret that as energy. Which it is, but um, any and that, that I I quit caffeine a while ago for for these reasons. But man, um, I guess we should keep on reading this. Uh, so this is continuing Pat's uh, <laughs> this, again. This the CEO of Impossible Foods saying, uh, as you can see, that the demand for meat and dairy foods is not going down; it's going up faster than population growth. I love it. If the demand for meat and dairy is going up faster than... That's a good thing. Again. Again, Pat. What's the problem? I don't see a problem here. Therefore, the only way you can expand production is by deforestation. <laughs> oh, my goodness. We don't need to expand. And 95... We need to get rid of factory farming. And then get back to the traditional practices that he claims are hurting biodiversity. It's so stupid. Okay. Um, and he's saying 95% of the deforestation in the Amazon is clearing of land for animal agriculture. Okay, whatever. Uh, that That's bad. If, it, if that's true, let's stop because there's plenty of other land that we can use for that. And really, let's see. Ryan is asking, am I off work tonight? Uh, no, th this is my job tonight. My, my job is <laughs> bringing you the, the truth about the carnivore diet and meat and all that stuff. I've made that my full-time mission, so I don't have a full-time job working at a... I, I worked overnights at a museum before, and uh, I can tell you guys more about that at some time um, in the future, but for now... <laughs> I'll stay focused on this. Uh, thanks for asking. Archimedean Eye says, Certain plants are as good as medicine, but meat is real food. Yes, yes. I mean, I, uh, I really do support plants as medicine. They often do wonders. They, I mean, I myself have um, really benefited from medical cannabis. So I'm not anti-plants, um, but... Uh, I will say that <laughs> edibles don't work on me. Funny, right? So I have to, uh, I have to inhale. Um, all right. So it's going to be a terrible thing for humanity, says Pat. Not just because we love nature and the creatures that are being wiped out. It's because they're absolutely essential to the function of ecosystems that keep our planet viable. Wild animals that live in diverse ecosystems are responsible for pollination, for turnover of dead biomass, for spreading seeds, or all these sorts of things that you don't notice the importance of until you take it away. For carbon capture, people talk about, oh, we should plant trees that will solve the problem. The problem isn't that we don't have enough shovels and seeds. The problem is that there's not enough land. 
Okay, yeah. So let's stop wasting land on monocrops and let animals eat the grass and fertilize the land. They create these false um, false options or false... Uh, anyway, it's just false. <laughs> but... Yeah, let's see what else. I think I'm done with this article for now. But this is the Washington Post telling us about what uh, the CEO of Impossible Foods thinks uh, about eliminating animal-based meat within 15 years. That's his plan. And there he is. Uh, You're not going to succeed, buddy. You will fail. And I will help. I will help you to fail. It's trying to go back. All right. So let's see. Let's refresh. It's interesting. You refresh throughout the day and you get new news. That's one of the benefits of doing this live. Yesterday, I I kind of, I don't know if I broke a story, but I brought you a story that had been released just an hour before. Um so, yeah, let's see what the freshest... These are not super new, but... Um, okay, so just like the Impossible Foods founder is talking about replacing all meat with alt meat, vegan... <laughs> okay, uh, veg, veg News is uh, reporting, or here's the headline, Will vegan meat replace animal meat the way cell phones replaced landlines? This is what Beyond Meat's CEO says. All right, now let's see. We we heard it from Impossible Meats. Now here, oh, look at that smug look on his face. I just I have to, I feel like, you know, I got to sound like this. If I, got, if I have a face like that, I got to sound like this. I mean, really? Will vegan meat replace animal meat the way cell phones replace landlines? This is what Beyond Meat's CEO says. We just came up with a better technology. Beyond Meat CEO Ethan Brown says about the creation of... All right, I'm sorry. This is a funny phrase. Vegan meat. All right. Another article from today by Nicole Axworthy. Um, and uh, I've said this of a, another article she wrote about <laughs> similar... A similar uh, to- I think it was the same... Almost the same story, but I think this is an Axworthy topic for sure. Uh, producing meat by growing animals is an outdated (laughs) outdated technology that may soon be replaced by more efficient alternatives, such as plant-based meat made in a factory. A shift that uh, may happen similarly to the way land... This grammar is hurting my soul a little bit. In a uh, a shift that may happen similarly to the way landlines were nonchalantly replaced by cell phones. Yeah. Beyond Meat founder and CEO Ethan Brown spoke on this topic during a recent interview with Time magazine. I've said this many times, but nobody had to lambast or denigrate the landline when the cell phone came along. We just came up with a better technology, Brown said. Hmm. There goes a Beyond Burger. <sighs> and uh, I guess those are some Beyond Donuts. I don't know. I, the, fake meat and 
I'm guessing real donuts. Brown made the comment while discussing the anti-vegan meat commercial that ran during the 2020 Super Bowl, created by a group called the Center for Consumer Freedom. Implying, it's interesting, these names, you know, they, they, Americans for blah, 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 uh, citizens for such and such. The Center for Consumer Freedom, implying that bacon is easy to spell and therefore superior to plant-based meat. Okay, that's good, <laughs> which, which contains a longer list of ingredients. Yeah, the thing that does bother me is the comment about the complexity of the ingredient label. That sleight-of-hand stuff. Oh, he's accusing us, the meat lovers, of sleight-of-hand. Because if I required you to list out all the vitamins and amino acids and... and <laughs> Stop trying to... St he's trying to, uh, to, to be a detractor, and he's just making my point. He says, because if I required you to list out all the vitamins and amino acids and nutrients in a piece of steak, it'd be a very long list of which you and I probably would be able to pronounce half of them. Yes, yes, Mr. Brown. But that's because meat, which is one ingredient. Don't, don't play games. Don't play games. You know that if you were to break up every food into all of its nutritional components, you'd have a long list no matter what. But we're talking about single-ingredient foods, and in this case, it's meat. Meat. One ingredient. Fake meat. <laughs> Either it's made of a culture, a, pe a petri dish culture, or it's, uh, you know, made of stem cells from poor bed dead baby cows, or it's going to be made from plants, which that's a lot of ingredients, all right? So, um, and it, it's, it doesn't compare to the one ingredient. We know that meat is one ingredient. This is meat, so-called meat, made of many ingredients. So imagine you add this fake meat to a real meat meal, I mean, or to a meal as a substitute for, for meat, and you're adding a bunch more ingredients, right? whereas if you're adding meat, you're adding one ingredient. There's a big difference here. A big, big difference. Witty, sa Witty says, uh, yeah, this guy only compares about lining his pockets. That's what I think. I think this is all about... Uh, um, I think there's some 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 of it's a little more. I get really conspiratorial about uh, really conspiratorial about this, but I think that if we keep it really simple, we can just obviously acknowledge that there is a financial interest here. I mean, he's the CEO of Beyond Meat, and we were just hearing from the CEO of Impossible Foods. Of course, they want fake meat to take over real meat. It benefits them financially. Archimedean Eye says plant-based meat. That term gets to me. Yeah, me too. It's just processed mush. That's right, in the shape of meat. They're talking about 3D printed meat now. How dare they call it meat? I agree. Thank you. Lauren Lambert says, Growing animals is an outdated technology. I know, it's a crazy thing for them to say. Good grief. This is a ridiculous statement, but terrifying that these people truly believe this junk. I agree, they shouldn't be able to use the word meat. Uh, absolutely not. And it's concerning. I think there's another article uh, that ahead that has something to do with that. I'm not sure, but we'll see. Okay, uh, let's see what, what else he's saying here. Um, <laughs> but he just made the point that if I required you to list out all the vitamins and amino acids and nutrients in a piece of steak, it'd be a very long list. Damn right. Damn right. 
because meat is so nutritious. He just he just made our point for us, folks. How beyond meat is okay? Wait, I didn't finish that. Um. So 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 you know, just being able to say beef versus listing out all those technical terms is a big advantage. It's mostly noise. See, this is his sleight of hand. He's calling what they're doing sleight of hand, what we're doing sleight of hand. This is what he's, he's doing magic tricks here, trying to distract you while he's lying to your face to make money. He's, hold on to your wallets. It's mostly noise, he says, and it's up to us to educate the best we can. Yeah, miseducate, misinform. How beyond meat is made. Remember, this is from Veg News. It's right on the screen there. Just remember the source. So we're <laughs> this is an, uh, a a a pro-vegan uh, publication interviewing someone who wants all meat to be vegan. Brown explained that making Beyond Meat is really just a new way of creating meat. Really. Instead of using the digestive tract of a cow, which consumes grass and water <laughs> and breaks it down to build muscle, yeah, um, yeah, the company starts with... I, I just can't wait to see what they're going to say. The company starts with the same thing, plants, sure, sure. This is interesting. Again, sleight of hand. And extracts the amino acids, fats, uh, fats vitamins, and minerals, and mixes them with flavor. Natural flavor, which I may remind you, includes the musk gland uh, from the anus of a beaver to get vanilla flavoring. Um, but yeah, natural flavor uh, to create vegan meat. <laughs> Can't stand that phrase. The aroma and taste of meat is driven by over 4,000 molecules, but they're identifiable, Brown said. Okay, so he thinks he can just simulate it and that's enough. And we have all this crazy equipment that allows us to separate out the molecules. Yeah, it's crazy, all right. Wow, he keeps making our point here. Characterize them and try to match them with molecules and plants. It's interesting, scientifically interesting, to find, I guess, analogous uh, molecules, but it's not the way to create a nutritious food source, really. Yeah, Witty says Xerox mush. That's what they're making, Xerox mush. That's a really good... <laughs> I like that. TV says, A part of me is tempted to try one of the fake meat products just once to make a video of a carnivore's input on how it compares to real meat. But uh, I can't bring... I, I like how you put that in parentheses that you don't really need to say it's real because meat is meat. Uh, but I can't bring myself to give my money to them. Good. Yeah, maybe if you get a free one, huh? But... Be careful. It's not good for your health. Remember, you will... Thanks for taking one for the team, but... Uh, all right, well, let's see if iDog TV does that. But, yeah, thank you. You say that. Not to mention the health damage it would do. That's right. I mean, you know what you're talking about. Thanks, iDog TV. Hey, Franklin Espinoza. Uh, my my brother, my longtime friend, and, and uh, he was a guest on The Meat of It, my podcast. Please check that out. So Frank says they hate meat because they ain't meat. <laughs> if meat was so wrong, then why try to replicate it and pass it off as this chemical slop? I agree. But the thing is, they, they are meat. You know, they're made of meat, and they need these nutrients just as much as we do. But 
they're 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 far too far gone. They all they care about is money. Uh money and I think they are some of them misinformed and trying to help I think some of them really are trying to help well thanks Frank and yeah I'll keep up the fight brother yep I'm keeping up the fight Witty says uh, he uh, agrees with uh, uh, iDog TV and yeah uh, it's just harmful to us it's and you are tempted to just say okay okay I'll try it I'll try it but I have just listen to me if I taste this if I taste this garbage, will you listen to me? I don't think they will. But hey, C.L. Fallon says Beyond Meat says uh, sounds better than chemical uh, cocktail of uh, crap, uh, just full of fillers. Th- oh, okay. I don't know. It sounds like you're saying it just sounds like a chemical cocktail of, of crap, just full of fillers, stabilizers, flavoring, and preservatives. Yeah, that's what I think. Hey, Z8. Almost all dogs die of cancer and illness, not old age. Yeah, my Rottweiler when I was a kid. Uh, thanks to their uh, diets, uh, and my, don't forget cats. My cat died with a lot of tumors as well. Um, thanks to their diets becoming more and more processed. That's the reason. That is the reason. Kibble, all that crap, grain, even the grain-free with potatoes. Let's stop feeding our cats potatoes. It's getting out of hand. So, uh, yeah, Z8 continues, you'd think that it'd be enough to connect the dots in modern human health, but it's not. You know, we we don't connect it, our diets with our health, and then our animals, our animal companions, our beasts, uh, end up just as sick as us in the same ways with cancer and diabetes, and we don't pick up on the pattern. It's crazy. But what are they eating? Corn, wheat, in the kibble. And soy, all this garbage. Uh, it's cheap, but it's not healthy. Uh, when I get a cat again, I'm feeding it raw, raw, mostly raw meat and whatever I can get. Just real animal nutrition, not not this, uh, not kibble, not any of that stuff. I've learned so much, and I can't wait to take really, really take care of an animal that way. Besides myself, of course. <laughs> wow. So, yeah, they're saying, at the same time, Brown points out that the creation of vegan meat is far less harmful to the environment. Lies again. While raising and slaughtering animals for food requires a tremendous amount of land, energy, and water, and creates so much carbon dioxide emissions. Come on, come on. <sighs> Beyond Meat has calculated that it uses 93% less land and 99% less water. I have serious questions about this. I'm sure we could just completely deflate this in a very short amount of time. And emits 90% fewer greenhouse gases. I doubt that as well. I mean, think about these factories. Think about the transportation. They're not factory. You Do you think that they're counting the land it takes to grow the crops to and then the transportation transportation is i believe the top polluter on the planet uh i mean uh let's see i think yeah i'm still uh epa uh carbon emissions data 
I mean, it's all right. Um, by gas, okay. By sector, mostly okay. It says twenty-four、uh, percent agriculture, forestry, and other land uses. Mind you, that's all agriculture, all forestry, all other land use. Then electricity and heat production at twenty-five percent. That's actually the biggest chunk. Electricity and heat production. What do you think's powering these factories? Do you think that the cows out eating the grass need electricity and heat production? No, they're living natural lives. They may have a shelter,、um, but most of the time they're out outside,、um, getting sunshine as they should.、Um, and then you have、uh, industry, whatever that means, taking up twenty-one percent of the greenhouse emissions. And、uh, then transportation. Transportation does take a huge chunk, though.、Um, and of course, this breaks down differently from country to country. But this is、uh, global. So, really,、um, yeah, it's a load of crap. But let's see where. All right, just had to point some of that stuff out because they throw out all these. Crazy numbers to try to make it sound like they're doing something amazing, but remember, you also have the tr- the yeah the everything from the industry the you know the electricity that powers the industry.、Uh, all this stuff is creating、uh, the greenhouse gases they're so concerned about, uh, uh, and yeah, while claiming that they're not that they're they're using ninety three percent less land, but the farmland. I mean, the very small amount of farmland that is we've. Most of the land on the planet is not arable or farmable. Most of it is only you know you can have grass on it, but you can't grow、uh, soy. You can't grow wheat and corn and stuff like that.、Uh, so it's yeah. So and so we we don't need this land really though because we don't need agri- plant agriculture as much as we need animals, and we don't need animal agriculture as much as we just need animals on the land. They can be free. I mean, or、uh, I guess cows are something we have developed as humans. Just as humans developed many of the edible plants today, humans did develop the cow as we know it today. But that's because it's such a perfect symbiosis.、Uh, the, the, re- the relationship between us and these animals is ancient and deep and real and very healthful for both of us. We, uh, uh, I think.、Uh, Uh, my friend Philip Meese, creator of the Carnivore Bar, recently said,、uh, "A pasture-raised cow has one bad day in its life, basically, and, and that's hopefully as true as possible. You know that it's being taken care of, and then, yes, the slaughter—that's a brutal thing. But it's better than how most animals eat meat, you know, alive and struggling. So,、uh, these are just points I have to make as I read these lies." <laughs> Otherwise, I feel like I'm just giving voice to their lies. We're starting to see these early indications, not so early anymore, of the instability that we've created in the climate. Brown said. More fear mongering. The connection is 100% clear to people. For agricultural practices that are heavily reliant on water and the inefficient use of water, I'm sorry, like、um, almond milk. <laughs> uh, there has to be change, and I think people are starting to realize that. The growth of beyond so many things I can just get into here. The growth of Beyond Meat, 
Beyond Meat is one of the first high-tech food companies to break into the mainstream market with its products such as the Beyond Burger, Beyond Sausage, and the new Beyond Chicken Tenders. In 2019, the company was also the first vegan meat to go uh, brand to go public. And uh, Brown's shares of public um, of Beyond Meat are now worth more than $500 million. Yeah, good for him. But um, not good for us. In recent years, it has expanded into global markets as well as into the food service industry. This year alone, Beyond has announced major partnerships with McDonald's, PepsiCo, and Yum! brands, parent company of major chains such as KFC, Pizza Hut, and Taco Bell. Thank you for that information. It also Taco Bell, we already knew that meat was barely real to begin with. KFC... They stopped even calling it chicken, right? They just went for the initial, because I don't think they can call it chicken anymore. And Pizza Hut. Let's just move on. It also opened uh, two production plants in China's eastern province of Zhejiang to manufacture... I'm sorry if I butchered that. Uh, uh, to manufacture its plant-based meat products, including vegan beef pork and chicken for the Chinese market, all with the purpose of replacing traditional an animal agriculture. Again, they're not trying to give vegans and vegetarians more options. The aim, the goal, is to replace beef, to replace chicken, to replace pork. They are coming for your burgers, folks. I know this is veg news, but you'll see this everywhere. Because the experts are saying that meat is bad for us and the environment. Experts, folks. The, tyri the, the tyranny of experts. So it says, yeah, all with the purpose of tr replacing traditional animal agriculture with its plant-based technology. And that's actually the end of the article. I just, I can't believe it. It's nonsense. Nonsense. But there you go. The CEO of Beyond Meat. So we've had fun with two CEOs of fake meat today. Impossible and Beyond. And they are Beyond Impossible, I must say. Okay. Oh, I just closed a tab that I shouldn't have. Um... Okay. Google News. Because I'm trying to show you the the mainstream. We're, we're going to look at DuckDuckGo as well. But I want to show you what the mainstream is saying about meat. So that's what I do. I search Google News for meat and see what they say. See what they send me, where they send me, what they want me to focus on. So, we've read a couple of these already. This is interesting. Capital Press yesterday said USDA focuses on meat poultry market competition. Let's see what they're saying about this. It's from yesterday by Carol Ryan Dumas for the Capital Press. Agriculture Secretary Tom Vilsack is working with two Midwest senators to increase competition in the live cattle marketplace okay increasing competition could be a good thing so is this a hopeful thing is is that it <laughs> is that the whole thing 
Um, all right. Well, I hope that it's good news. It sounds like it's potentially good news. Shuman, uh, no, uh, Shukman, I think is how you pronounce this. Meat company adds shop near Bass Pro. That's from the Springfield Business Journal. That's from today. Sounds like a meat company is expanding. And some, it's from SBJ, your business authority. Uh, the owners plan to open a third Springfield store next month. Okay, good. So here's a meat company opening a new... Yeah, see, good. Good for you folks. Executive door. Okay, yeah, so just reading this quickly. It's not much of a story, it doesn't look like, but that's good news. So a company is expanding. We can't just point out the bad stuff. We have to look at the good stuff, you know, the good news as well. Now, let's see. New Hope Network says anti-monopoly executive order impact on the meat industry. Fighting fire blight in apples. Okay, it sounds like a kind of a mixed article. But, um, I mean, it's interesting, but, I mean, we can get caught up in the economics of that quickly. I just want to kind of scroll through these and see, because some of these are really recent. Okay, here we go. You see... They're burying the some of the more recent stories. So this is from four hours ago. This is WGN9, Chicago News, and this is under coronavirus. Meat prices on the rise as restaurants return to work. We did talk about this a bit yesterday, um, but this is a new story by Brana Tumulty. In Chicago, residents eating out at restaurants uh, lately may have noticed prices have prices. Ha okay, there's a typo here. Prices have increased in some spots due to in uh, supply and demand in the meat in industry. At the beginning of the pandemic, meat flew off the shelves at grocery stores. As restaurants were forced to close last year, suppliers began to shrink their herds, causing prices to rise. John Scorza of International Meats on the West Side said his online sales exploded last year. Due to the increased sales, he brought he bought the building across the street to expand his business. Okay, that's good. Scorza said while prices may still be high, they'll continue to level off as more workers return to the labor force. Well, that's, that's also hopeful news. I hope he's right. But yesterday, uh, I was seeing news that um, due to uh, people being sent home for testing positive, not even sick. They were testing positive. Uh, I I can't say that for sure, but I just they were calling them cases, not people. Not they weren't saying people were sick and go, staying home. They they were being sent home because the app told them to. So uh, that that was causing meat prices to rise because uh, people weren't work, going to work at the meat processing plants because they're being sent home by the app that says that they tested positive for something that they have to test to see if they have an infection. It's absurd. Absurd. And it's causing so much damage. So much damage. Stefan, hi. Um, actually, I'm, I'm, I'm missing some uh, other chats. Let's go back here. Uh Witty says the first ingredient is soy, yeah, which is yeah, in the Beyond Meat um, or the Impossible. I think they both have soy, uh, which is GMO garbage, absolutely. Gen gen genetically modified organisms uh, and uh, highly estrogenic. 
very true. It'll mess with women's hormones. It'll mess with men's hormones. Uh, sorry, I prefer nutritionally rich meat over GMO grains and seed oils. That's right, Witty. Thank you. <laughs> You're going to tell me you, you, you use land? Yeah, I mean, look, everyone uses land. Everyone takes up space. It, it, this is absurd that they, the, the way they calculate land, trust me, is going to be in their best interest and not in ours. Stefan um, is saying, when it comes to nutrients in plants, it's not mentioned about how uh, anti-nutrients and how much is really digested. That's true. You don't digest it all. I mean, the fiber actually is indigestible. So you can't digest a fiber, fiber and, and some of the nutrients get stuck in the fiber and um not to mention the anti-nutrients uh which are in these chemicals in the plants that are there to protect the plant from us <laughs> to stop us from eating them we eat them anyway and consume these phytochemicals which are sometimes touted as phytonutrients but they're just chemicals and many of them are there to hurt us but they only hurt us a little teeny tiny bit because we're so big but they're really designed to kill insects a lot of the time. Hey, Jen. Hi, Jen. Good to see you. Thank you. Unchained Crochet with Jen and Jesus. Peace Love Productions says, Cases, exactly. They don't say total positive case. Yeah, thank you. I mean, it's it's agenda Agenda what? What's the, the latest uh, year that they have? Uh, 2030? was the year before now i'm starting to hear 2040 hopefully they're pushing it up there's always another they're always pushing this ahead you know it's like a you know the doomsday cults that say the end of the world is coming the end of the world is coming they give you a specific date and then when that comes and goes they just make up a new one or they say well it was metaphorical or <laughs> all kinds of excuses getting back to the uh article here uh like they said like oh, i'm sorry like they say fillets should cost 12 dollars now that's a weird sentence scores i said last week they were about 1950 hmm yeah almost double huh the restaurants understand but you'll see when you go in a, in a, into a restaurant and pay 50 dollars for a fillet eek that they have to get that much because they're paying $20, and even at $50, their food cost is still 40%. Scorza said his expanded building should be up and running by September. All right. So it's interesting. It's a tiny story, but um, you know, these are all connected, and these are the things we have to keep an eye out for. The next story, this is from yesterday, though. Um, it's from Texas A&M, the battalion. Meet Sciences Program to host ninth Annual Camp Brisket. That just sounds delightful. So from the battalion by Caton Adams. Look at the Oh, see, I'm seeing some problems here. <laughs> Look at the sides. They have, is that rice? Um, that just looks like ground beef. Some more meat, but then here's some... Taco shells made of, looks like corn and wheat, both of which I found very harmful to my health. But there's some meat here, and there might be some bad ingredients in there, but the good thing is that they're eating meat, and I'm sure it's delicious. 
Barbecue at Camp Brisket has been bringing meat lovers together for over nine years, it says, giving the opportunity for guests to learn from pit masters and engage in conversation over brisket. That's a good, happy story. Camp Brisket brings together those who love barbecue and allows pit masters to participate in learning opportunities. That That's good. The ninth Camp Brisket, I think, are they saying pit masters as in real pit masters, or is it just... Uh, a cute word for people who like to try to barbecue, like me. <laughs> the ninth Camp Brisket, uh, taking place July 16th, 16th through 17th, is hosted by the Meat Science Program at A&M, Foodways, Texas, at the Rosenthal Meat Center, and the Thomas G. Hildebrand DVM 56 Equine Complex. Jeff Saville, one of the main coordinators of the event, said he has been at A&M for 43 years and has pursued educating those on the science of barbecue since the camp started in 2013. For this particular product, brisket, it allows us to combine all the science and technology and the arts and crafts, Saville said. That sounds great. In combining science and technology and arts and crafts and meat, count me in. It takes a small army of professors, graduate students, undergraduate students, and pitmasters for the camp to go on, Saville said. A total of 75 participants are chosen randomly from a lottery system created by Foodways Texas and have the opportunity to attend the camp, Saville said. Even though we concentrate on brisket, we will have a lot of people ask uh, lots of different questions, Saville said. <laughs> Saville said, Saville said, Saville said. We, will, <laughs> we answer a lot of myths. Hutchins Barbecue, located out of McKinney, will be, in will be in attendance Friday night, Saville said. Take a drink every time. Drink of water, I hope. The, the, the camp is divided into sections to highlight the parts of brisket, such as trimming. No, there's no trimming. What are you trimming off? Leave it all. Leave it all. And grades. But Saville said <laughs> he has mostly worked with the smoke panel. I thought before, if you didn't see smoke like the house was on fire, you weren't smoking meat, Saville said. <laughs> what I have learned is if you see smoke like the house is on fire, that is going to be some sorry barbecue. Okay, interesting. At Camp Brisket, one of the last activities is called Life as a Pitmaster, which focuses on how people got into the business, new and old. When he stopped at uh, a Bucky's... Saville said that he was skimming the barbecue section and, to his surprise, found John Brotherton's branded barbecue sauces, Burnt Ends, who is new to the business and will be in attendance for Camp Brisket. Uh, let's see what's in the bar Burnt Ends sauce, huh? Uh, account not found? I don't know what that means. I'm trying to... Look into their information here. Okay, oh, it's right there, I guess. It's gluten-free, but what else? Oh, okay, ingredients. Mayonnaise. I'm hoping that that's classic, just eggs and uh, what is it? You don't want any oil. Apple cider vinegar. Relatively benign, I guess. Prepared horseradish. Horseradish, vinegar, salt, and soybean oil. Soybean oil is definitely a problem. Lemon juice, uh, eh. Granul granulated garlic has its issues, but um, 
not necessarily the worst. Uh, Worcester sauce, um, diluted white vinegar, molasses, water, sugar, onion. Wow. Molasses and sugar. <laughs> and tamarind extract, which will probably have more sugar. Natural flavorings, which can be a, a beaver anus. Um, and chili pepper ex- extract, um, black pepper, kosher salt, ghost pepper powder, cayenne pepper spices. These all, there are various issues in here. Um, this is why I just don't do spices and flavorings. Anyway. All right. Let's get, ah, I can't believe I'm on Facebook. I hate Facebook. All right. That was the first time I logged on to Facebook in who knows how long. All right. So just showing you some of these stories from Google News, I think we should look at what's happening on DuckDuckGo News. Let's take a quick look at the chat, though. Yeah, Peace Love Productions is saying 2021. Yeah, I think there is an agenda for 2021, but uh, the big plans, I think they're looking mostly at 2030, 2040 to try to have... uh, I don't know. I've heard some crazy things about what they plan to do with the meat market and all that. So here we are at... Oh, wait. Z8 is saying, I always wondered who tried the beaver anus first and was like, holy crap, this tastes like vanilla. (laughs) That's a great question, man. Great question. Thank you. Very, very good question. Jen says, with you there, Facebook is such a time sucker and superficial. It's not just that. I just, something about Facebook just depresses me. And ever since they became such dictatorial censors, you know, censoring people for speaking their mind, which is the whole point. I mean, if I were on there, I'd probably be kicked off anyway. So, and I'd certainly be making a lot of my loved ones much angrier than I have, <laughs> you know. I've been kind of hiding away and not making, not, I I just hope that everyone's calming down. And I have seen some loved ones who were really scared of a lot of this stuff recently. And they gave me a hug without a mask and it was good. So things are kind of getting better. I hope they stay better and get even better again. All right, so. DuckDuckGo, my usual search engine, their news about meat, hitting refresh here. Their top story is, what's in fast food, beef, fish, and chicken? It's not always 100% meat. This is from Healthline four hours ago. A very different top story, isn't it? It's not about fake meat. The second story is Ferguson man gets 10-year term in deadly shooting outside meat market. Now, it's not exactly about meat, but at least it's outside of a real meat market. Uh, I'm sorry that that, uh, that's horrible that there was a shooting, but uh, yeah, it's still kind of about real meat there. And lab, okay, third story, lab-grown and plant-based meat. The science, psychology, and future of meat alternatives. A podcast from The Conversation. But let's look at this 
interesting, informative. It looks like it might be informative, this article. By Brian Mastroianni. Mastroianni. From today. Fact-checked by Dana K. Cassell. All right, so it says, yeah, fast. what's in fast food, beef, fish, and chicken? It's not always 100% meat. This is not 100% meat. Look at this. Look at this. There's the beef. Where's where's the beef? Right there. That little area. This is a, that's an onion. That's bread. That's a tomato. That's wilted lettuce. These are potatoes fried in vegetable oil. Uh, and I think there's a, yeah, barbecue sauce pack, a uh, dipping sauce, uh, whatever. A dipping sauce. Definitely full of sugar and seed oils. The only healthy part is maybe this meat that is probably mixed with even more additives. Certainly not 100% meat. So let's see what they're saying is being added. The beef in your fast food burger may not be ex may not be exactly what it seems. Beef, chicken, and fish products at fast food restaurants aren't always made from 100% meat. They can contain additional additives such as textured uh, textured vegetable protein or a soy product. Wow, yeah. Wow, they're admitting this. This is very helpful. That can make them cheaper to produce. But not cheaper for your health. It's worse. Health experts say these types of processed meats are less healthy. Yep. Okay, good. Some good. There are some good health experts out there. So these types of processed meats are less healthy than unprocessed meats. Absolutely. If you're concerned about the quality of the meat at a fast food establishment... Uh, health experts suggest checking the ingredient lists on the menu, as it may offer unprocessed options as well as plant-based <laughs> as well as plant-based alternatives. Hello, that's the problem. Recently, the New York Times took a deep dive to get to the bottom of one of the great questions of our time: Is the fish product included in a re in restaurant chain Subway's popular sandwiches actually tuna, or something else? The investigative report by journalist Julie Carmel was in response to a class action lawsuit in California filed back in January against the fast food giant. The lawsuit makes the claim that the brand's tuna fish sandwiches are completely bereft of tuna as an ingredient. Ouch. The lawsuit spread far and wide, even eliciting some sympathy from pop star Jessica Simpson, herself once famously questioning the provenance of Chicken of the Sea, is it chicken or or tuna? Uh, is it ch chicken or tuna after all? On Twitter, and there's Jessica Simpson's tweet. It's okay, uh, Subway. It is confusing. Mm-hmm. Okay, I don't know what that means, but yeah. The headlines generated around the tuna confusion played into the long-standing debate of what exactly is in the meat we consume at fast food restaurants. How healthy are the pro highly processed food items you might order? <laughs> they didn't say food. I threw that word in by accident. How healthy are the highly processed items you might order at a McDonald's or Subway? Are they everything they claim to be as advertised? You know, I try not. I try to read, read these word for word so I don't, you know, misquote. You know, because I consider, I tell you who's writing this so that I can read this and not misquote them. But sometimes the grammar is so bad, and the, there are typos. So, anyway, 
Are they are they everything they claim to be as advertised? <sighs> the truth about fast food meat. In an email statement to the New York Times, a subway spokesperson wrote that there is uh, simply is no truth to the allegations in the complaint that was filed in California. Okay. Subway delivers 100% cooked tuna to its restaurants, which is mixed with mayonnaise, who knows what's in the mayonnaise, and used in freshly made sandwiches, wraps, and salads that are served to and enjoyed by our guests, they added. For her part, Carmel sent samples of Subway tuna sandwiches to a commercial food testing lab. The results were somewhat inconclusive. <laughs> Excuse me. The labs found that no amplifiable tuna DNA was present. I'm guessing they were doing a what a, a PCR test. The labs found that no amplifiable tuna. Wait. <laughs> the labs found that no amplifiable tuna DNA was present in the samples she sent over and that they could not identify the species present in the sandwich products. All right. Enough of that joke. Uh, a spokesman... That's interesting. That's interesting. That This is uh, Mystery Fish. You heard of Mystery Fish? From the, the makers of Mystery Meat is Mystery Fish. Now in your local Subway sandwich. A, lo a spokesperson uh, from the lab told the New York Times that Two conclusions exist from this. Either the tuna products are so heavily processed, that's bad already, so heavily processed that it was impossible to make a clear identification of tuna, or or there's just nothing there that's tuna. In the sample sent over, wow. Carmel cites an earlier Inside Edition report that found positive tuna identification derived from samples from three subway locations in Queens, New York City. Okay. <laughs> Thankfully, the, the <laughs> I guess the subway around here, that's where I am, Queens, New York City. Um, registered dietitian Amber Penconen, uh, MSLMNT, um offered some more context for Healthline. When asked whether the allegations that Subway might be selling questionable meat products is a common industry practice in fast food, Pankonen said, or Pankonen, uh, said it really depends on the brand, uh, who their uh, supplier is, and what they offer on the menu. Of course, yeah, you never know. Um, she said fast food brands that have more than 20 locations in the United States are required by the Food and Drug Administration, the FDA, to clearly post their nutritional information um, publicly. There are fast food chains that might use a textured vegetable protein or a soy product as a filler in their beef burger or tacos, she explained. If you are concerned about this, I would recommend looking for 100% beef in the menu description and checking allergen information. Pankonen directed Healthline to readily accessible information you can easily reference if you're concerned about what foods you might be consuming from a fast, fast food establishment. Some of this is actually helpful information, I think. 
This includes official menu labeling guidelines from the FDA and publicly available information on beef sourcing from popular brands like McDonald's, Wendy's, and Taco Bell. Dana Huns, Ph.D., M.Ph., R.D., a senior dietitian at the UCLA Medical Center, echoed Pankanen that it really depends on the specific product. She told Healthline that it is difficult to fake a product that looks just like what it is, such as a meat uh, patty-based hamburger. However, if it is a fried nugget, but even that they fake sometimes. However, if it is a fried nugget, i.e. chicken nugget, the question may become a bit murkier, as there are more, uh, often a number of additional ingredients in the product, like breading, starch, dextrose, for instance, that could either mask an alternative meat product or actually make more by weight of the product than the chicken or so-called, um, wow, make up more. They actually should say it could actually make up more by weight of the product than the quote-unquote chicken or so-called named meat itself, added Huns, who was also author of the forthcoming book Recipe for Survival. Well, sounds like some good information. I don't know about that book, um, but I don't know anything about the book, I mean. Um, but this is, I think, some good, helpful information. <laughs> now they're asking, are there nutritional benefits to fast food? What What is the nutritional value of meat-based fast food items? Okay, let's see what they say. Huns said she generally consults people to limit or avoid meat intake. I okay. So already she's on the wrong side of things, I think. Uh, but she's uh, she says, adding that uh, a plant-based diet is generally far better for one's overall health. No. A plant-based diet may be better than uh, an eat-anything diet, a processed food diet. But even if you're eating a, a plant-based processed food diet, that's still bad for your health. Eating all-natural plants might be better for your health, but it's still worse for your health than eating meat, which is good for your health, undeniably good for your health. This is so absurd. But they're coming from misinformation. You know, we I think most of us have been there. I've been there. Let's look at what you're saying in the chat. So, uh... <laughs> all right. Yeah, uh... G uh Jen is uh, saying, I made cow femur bone broth. Awesome. And yeah, all, well, first, Jen says that the uh, globalists uh, have revised their target uh, date to 2030 to do things like severely cut back on red meat and, uh, you know, overhaul the economy, things like that. But uh, yeah, they were, so they keep revising these dates. But uh, Jen said, I made cow femur bone broth. Awesome. It smells and tastes like non-sugary donuts. Why is that? It's because of the um, the fat, the cow fat. I've smelled the same. It's that um, basically the tallow because they used to fry donuts in tallow, in beef tallow, before health concerns brought them to replace that beef tallow with vegetable oil. And so I think some places still use tallow, but... Yeah, it's. Uh, I think that even though you're not making tallow or not rendering tallow, that uh, yeah, that bone broth is still full of this beef fat. And Helen uh, Quixote says, "Eat meat, be happy." Indeed, 
JC says or asks, do y'all wear masks in New York? Uh, they do. I don't. Not anymore. I used to wear one at certain stores. Uh, now if a store wants me to wear one, I just won't go. I'm done. Done, 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 ski. Uh, but uh, unfortunately, I do see a lot of people masking up outdoors by themselves, even in their car by themselves still. I know that this is a, a divisive topic, but people know where I stand, or if they don't, they know now. Yes, uh, Quixote agrees that the uh, smell of bone broth uh, emitting the same aroma as uh, un sugarless donuts. Yeah, that's definitely the the. Uh, it could be. Oh wait, no. He says the, it could be the oil um, that you used to smell uh, to use to cook the donuts. And um, I will say that sometimes the oil does smell like tallow a bit. It it's it's all fat. You know, they're really hot fat. Yeah, and uh, and Jen agrees. Just taking a break from all this news with a, <laughs> this nice, pleasant chat. Z8 says, Subway also puts yoga mat chemicals in their bread. Whoa. Not surprised there. <laughs> uh, so not confused at all. They couldn't even make real bread. <laughs> it's just flour, water, yeast, and salt. Why do companies have to fill it with junk? Because the junk is cheaper. Don't forget, back back in, uh, I guess during the Industrial Revolution, uh, the, a lot of the bread was filled with aluminum, so they would, uh, or um, alum, alum powder. Anyway, there there have always been fillers used in cheap foods, but I think it's almost is it is it better now? They used to put aluminum in bread. That's really bad, really really bad. So I guess things are almost a little better, but. So many of the other things they're putting in aren't any really any better. And these are the things we have to look out for. And these are the things that shape the way I read these articles. Wow. All right, so. And um, Jen is uh, asking, does anyone have knee arthritis before... Uh, has anyone, uh, I guess, has anyone um, had knee arthritis before going carnivore? And that's why I'm doing the the broth for my bone-on-bone knee. Hmm. Wow. I'm sorry you're dealing with that. And, yeah, it's, uh, I think I've heard some good things about, yeah, in fact, look up Michaela Peterson. Michaela Peterson, I believe, had severe arthritis in her 20s. I mean, her experience reminds me a lot of uh, one of my 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 most uh, <laughs> my longest term ex um, was in her twenties battling uh, psoriatic arthritis, psoriasis and arthritis together. And now, I mean, she sees me on social media eating meat and healing my body and doing much better. And I hope that she's eating. Send me. I don't know. She sees what I'm doing, but um, yeah, Jen. I hope that you find some relief, and don't forget to eat lots of cartilage. I would eat lots of cartilage. 
but you are uh, getting lots of cartilage from the uh, the bone broth. So, um, yeah. Getting back to the article, are there nutritional benefits to fast food? What is the what is the nutritional value of meat based fast food items? Uh, yeah. So she she yeah. I freaked out when she said uh, she generally consults people to limit or avoid meat intake, and uh, claimed that plant based diets are generally better for your health. Blech. Not true. Sorry. Not true. Um, that being said, if you do eat meat-based products, she said unadulterated meat is better due to the fact that you will be consuming unprocessed meat product, which in some ways will be a tad bit healthier than processed meat products. Just a little healthier, you know? She, she, doesn't... she said many restaurants, even fast food establishments, are offering more plant-based alternatives. Her personal opinion is to gravitate to these offerings more. Okay, this is ridiculous. Uh, and they're better for the environment, it says, at large. Time and again, folks, never fails. First they claim it's bad for you, and then they claim it's bad for the environment. And that's why they're coming for your burger. Just by looking at menu labeling requirements... Pankinen said it's now pretty easy to access nutrition and allergen information for your go-to fast items. It's true. Uh, you can look a lot of these up pretty easily. She said you should avoid items that might contain potential allergens for you. Nutritionally, those pro yeah, okay, yada, yada, yada. Um, so how healthy is fast food meat? There's no one-size-fits-all answer. Yeah, it really depends on how real the meat is and how naturally raised it was. But uh, we know this is factory, uh, CAFO, concentrated animal feed, a lot operation uh, meat, and it's not ideal, but at least it's real, and realer than the plant-based crap they want us to eat instead. Uh, let's see, uh, we're going, going up to almost an hour and a half. I'm going to probably wrap this up soon. But, let's see, you're still pretty active in the chat. Uh, Jen says, I've heard her story. Okay, Michaela Peterson, you've heard Michaela Peterson's story. Hers was actually, okay, rheumatoid arthritis from toddler. Right, right. See, um, yeah, she was really young, and it's definitely severe arthritis if if uh, you're right there. So, um, I'm, I'm sure that all this must be... Uh, starting to rebuild. I hope it, I really am, I'm hoping the best for you. Brendan Rogers says, hi, Michael, keep up the great work. Best wishes, best wishes from Australia. Thank you. Hope you're doing well down there. Okay. So, yeah, really this, um, this article is again, just more propaganda. You look for the news and you find propaganda time and again. This is Healthline, one of the you know mainstream sources out there. I don't know how credible they are, but it's one of the top. And whenever I search for something related to health, they're one of the top uh, results every time. Oh, I seem to have closed my um, DuckDuckGo meat news search. All right. 
Their second story is why Beyond Meat climbed 26% in the first half of 2021. That's not good news. <laughs> um, but no, the th this story I think we have to get to before I sign off. Lab, this is from The Conversation. It says, academic rigor, journalistic flair. Interesting. Interesting. Lab-grown and plant-based meat. The Science, Psychology, and Future of Meat Alternatives. This is a podcast. How do you mimic meat? We take a look at the science be behind plant-based and cultured meat. These are the things they're trying to push. In this episode of the Conversation Weekly podcast, and where it might lead. And we hear about how a new research from Indonesia on cigarette, cigarette advertising and how it lures in children. Now, I think that we have to address the advertising that allows kids to... I mean, we allow children to be propagandized to eat sugar and, and, and other junk, other processed foods. So I'm sick of all this uh, hypocrisy. We shouldn't be advertising anything to children, really. All that is... That's only there to... We shouldn't be... That's there to manipulate parents pretty much because the, then the kids demand it and the parents have to buy it to make the kids uh, quiet. Right? Companies have been marketing meat alternatives such as soy. That's not a, anyway. This drives me nuts. Soy or, or or bean burgers. I've had bean burgers. I've enjoyed bean burgers back way back. I mean, I was like a kid, but that ain't food. Uh, at vegetarian. Uh, um, okay, companies have been marketing meat alternatives such as soy or bean burgers at vegetarians and vegans since the 1970s. They've been aiming that at everybody. But in the last few years, a number of companies, including Beyond Meat and Impossible Foods, have changed the game, launching plant-based products aimed at mimicking real meat. Mariana Lamas, a research associate at the Center for Culinary Innovation. That sounds like such a... A euphemism, anyway. At Northern Alberta Institute of Technology in Edmonton, Canada, says such efforts are attempting to reverse engine uh, are attempting to reverse engineering. Yeah, that's, I think, a typo. Attempting to reverse engineering <laughs> nature. They're attempting to reverse engineer nature. They ask what makes meat taste and cook like meat, and they go from there. Again, seeking to mimic, but they can't really. I mean. It's scientifically interesting, but it it's also harmful to our health. She talks us through some of the science involved and the key elements that make up plant-based meat mimic successful. By their standards. By their standards. From plant-based products, we turn to cultured meat. Yes, we must discuss that. I haven't gotten to talk about that today yet. Or what some call... No kill, really? Or vegan meat? No. It's made from dead baby cows. Andrew Stout, PhD candidate in biomedical engineering at Tufts University in Massachusetts, U.S., in the United States, expl explains how he grows meat in a petri dish. I was joking. I was I, I've been calling it petri dish meat just to uh, associate it with bacterial cultures and make it sound less appealing. It's from a petri dish. Okay, 
So, uh, yeah, he explains how, uh, and this is a doctor. Uh, it's a PhD candidate, okay? So he's not a doctor yet, but he's a PhD candidate. Uh, so um, he grows meat in a petri dish in a lab. See, I thought I was being a little unfair when I was calling it petri dish meat. So when you think I'm crazy, if you think I'm wrong, I, I'm more right than even I know. <laughs> Stout believes a cell line technology like this, which breaks down meat to its individual cells, bring massive potential to add different flavors, nutrients, and even medicines to cultured meat. Okay. Wow. Once you're dealing with cells, the whole world opens up to you that isn't open when you're dealing with whole animals. Okay. It certainly, I mean, you know, when I was a kid, I, one of my first aspirations, first, I, you know, I was a little kid, I wanted to be a fireman, I wanted to be an astronaut, but then when I actually started to develop my own real interests, I mean, I was interested in outer space, um, and I wanted to help people, but um, I wanted to be a microbiologist. I wanted to study little, little, little yeah, um, bacteria, viruses, um other microscopic life i was really i had my uh you know kid microscope and i i used to you know spit onto a a, a little um the glass uh what do you call it the slides so i would spit on the glass slide and look at the bacteria in my spit <laughs> uh kids but if i had been a microbiologist i would have ended up probably involved in in some of this stuff who knows who knows what uh, scientists now are forced to work for these companies that and these institutions that have agendas and at this point i'm glad that as a voice actor that even though they liked my audition i didn't get the part of the kool-aid guy i did my best oh yeah and I, that wasn't the best one but that was uh the kind of thing I had to do for that. And, and I'm glad I didn't get the part. As big as that part would have been. The Kool-Aid guy? Imagine. I could have been the Kool-Aid guy. But I don't want anything to do with the death that they cause with their product. So scientists have to think about this too, I think. Everyone has to think about what they're supporting with their actions. There's a lot in the chat here. Let me catch up. Because... <laughs> I'm going crazy here, just yapping on my own. So, <clears throat> Helan Quixote is saying, well, let's say, no, oh, there's even more than I thought. So, Jen says, I, I, I love occasional double whoppers, no bun. Yeah, the whopper is a, a whopper is from Burger King, right? I haven't been to Burger King as a carnivore that I can remember, and I want to get to one. There's one around here, I think. But this past week, it stirred up my eczema. Oh, wow. Sorry. I think it's the soy, leth oh, soy lecithin in their processed cheese. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately, see, I think this point has to be made. It's not made enough. Uh, when you're doing fast food and getting uh, just meat but you want to add cheese, ask what kind of cheese it is. If it's American cheese, say, no, thank you. American cheese is not cheese. American cheese is 
first of all, it's all pasteurized, and that's problematic in itself. Um, I would recommend raw cheese only, raw dairy only. But uh, if you're in a pinch or if you you can handle it and you just want it, I, sometimes I have it uh, with the pasteurized cheese, but I'll go to, say, Wendy's, and I'll say, what cheese do you have? They'll say American, Asiago, and uh, whatever. I'll say get the Asiago because I know it's real cheese, even though it's still pasteurized and, and all that stuff. It's still cheese, basically, and um, not full of vegetable oil. See, there's so much veg the, not the soy lecithin is just the tip of the iceberg when it comes to so-called American cheese, which is really just American cheese product. When you read the package, it always says cheese product. That's why she called it cheese product, or um. Uh, put the at least put the food uh, word food in quotes. Next time, hold the cheese or or um. I I think you know what eczema. I I have carnivore friends who just say eczema uh, flares up with dairy, even quality dairy. Um, I don't know how much raw dairy they get their hands on, but uh, I don't know if they've experimented. But um, yeah, at least one of my uh, very good carnivore-ish friends. He's carnivore-ish, so he still eats um rice, white rice with his meat. Uh, but he works out like crazy. This guy's super athletic. Um, so uh, it works, it balances out for him. I think he may still be oxidizing, you know, a little more than he needs to, but um, he takes care of himself. And But he gets eczema if he eats um, cheese. He loves Parmigiano-Reggiano, and uh, but he can't do any cheese. Yeah, And Parmigiano-Reggiano is supposed to be made with raw milk, but it's heated, not exactly raw. But I would just ask for real cheese. Make sure they have real cheese if they do not have something other than American cheese. If they don't have cheddar, if they don't have Asiago, I would hold the cheese, yes. And even better would be raw cheese, bringing your own raw cheese. But uh, if you're doing fast food, you're probably on the run or on the go. <laughs> on the run, you sound like a criminal. <laughs> you're not a criminal. You're just doing your thing. Quixote says, my joint pain gets better on carnivore. That's good. Not arthritis, though, uh, or bone on bone. You know, I had joint pain, too, in my 20s, uh, into my 30s, just because I was so heavy. I, I was extremely heavy and also eating really bad food. So I was probably developing arthritis. But uh, when I started eating meat, my joint pain went away. I, I was getting these, uh, every now and then I'd, I'd have to... Uh, did I take off of... Sometimes I think I actually was homesick from work, but not with the knee pain as often, but definitely the knee pain affected me at my old job where I had to... I was a security supervisor and I had to patrol the building and, um, yeah, it, it hurt a lot. I was, you know, uh, doing a couple of patrols a night. Um, a lot of my job as a supervisor was, you know, paperwork, but... Yeah, that walking was hard, and I was just too heavy for years and years. And not only too heavy, but also eating the seed oils and other junk that was, and and even plants that were added because plants through the uh, the oxalates they can result in um, the the buildup of crystals in your joints, and so even green tea can potentially. I mean, it gives me symptoms of a a cold or a flu. Whereas, um, in your case, it might uh, have the the same effect as um, 
Oh man, I'm, I'm losing my train of thought here, but I, I think you're, you're you're following my uh, my logic here. There's so many comments. I want to catch up to all of these, but yeah, I would just make sure you're eating real cheese. And uh, and oh, I'm sorry, I'm going back to the real cheese. I'm uh, I'm I'm just <laughs> saying, uh, yeah, arthritis can be helped by uh, yeah, eat real cheese and eat real meat, and uh, your health will get better. I think. But some people can't eat cheese, even if it's high quality. So I, ha- you have my sympathy. I can't eat eggs, even high quality eggs. Do you know how much I miss eggs? But I can eat raw cheese, and I do every now and then. But I'm dairy free right now. I'm probably what forty three days dairy free because I was eating too much. All right, there are even more of you in the chat. Hello and thank you. Um. Let's see here. Or more of you live, watching live. Uh, a couple more comments here before I continue with the articles for a little longer. So Jen says, okay, no, Quixote says first, I like that Arby's made vegetables out of meat. <laughs> Not sure if they still do. That's funny. Un, uh, yeah, okay, again, uh, Jen says, uh, right, I'm, I'm fed up with the brainwashing of our kids. Yes, marketing to them should be illegal. Same for big pharma commercials. I agree. The United States, in my understanding, is the only country that allows pharmaceutical, uh, pharmaceutical advertising. And I'm sure it's just horrific, especially if, I mean, it's horrific to me because I don't watch things with commercials anymore. Yeah, ve- vegetable beef is an oxymoron. Z8 says, the idea of lab-grown meat for future space travel, etc., makes sense, uh, but not as a main source. I don't think so. I don't think we even need that. for Just take dried meat or... I mean, if they want to grow it out there, uh, there are better options. I mean, they got to figure out something better. It's just not good enough. Uh, but is it just cloned muscles or some weird chemical concoction? I think they're claiming it's cloned muscles. Cloned meat would just be a cow part. Yeah. I don't know. I, I, I really, it's, they seem hesitant to really describe what their crappy product really is. iDog TV says, Dr. Sean Baker has a video about why lab-grown meat still isn't at all nutritionally equivalent to meat from a nutritional cow. A natural, natural cow, which is a nutritional cow, that lived a life. Yeah, a real life. Was glad to have a video addressing the science of it. Yes, please look that up. Dr. Sean Baker, one of the first carnivores I ever followed, and one of the first that many of us follow, although I think Amber O'Hearn was really the first one that got me. Now, actually, no. Um, the creator of uh, Zero Carb Zen, I think Elian, Eleanorina, um, I, I believe is her uh, name. I hope I'm getting that right, but she was probably the first one. iDog T. Okay, so thanks, iDog. Sorry, I keep getting off off the mic here. <laughs> well, I especially when I read the comments. Hey, Aaron says a hilarious thought. Did you hear that the Kool Aid guy is a carnivore? <laughs> yeah, if only. Actually, you know, I guess I could have made a difference, right? I could have said. Oh no, I'm no longer the Kool-Aid man. I'm now 
I could have stepped down as the Kool-Aid guy, as a conscientious objector, and made a big statement. Hopefully gotten 15 minutes of fame and made a big splash, but who knows, who knows. Right? It could have happened, it could have happened. Helen Quixote says, if I do fast food, it's just hamburger patties at McDonald's or Flying Dutchman's at In-N-Out. Yeah, but does the Flying Dutchman have American cheese? Be careful. Because I've seen, even Dr. Sean Baker, you know, great. he's a very good influence, but he seems to ignore the problems with American cheese. Doesn't seem to mention them. So, um... Yeah, I, th I think that's a concern. It has to be pointed out. I, I don't know. Maybe he's said it since, uh, but I, I've seen him eating American cheese. <laughs> it's not good. It's not good. But the rest of it is so anti-inflammatory that the inflammatory impact of the fake cheese, I guess, was diminished by the anti-inflammatory anti properties of the pure 100% beef. Uh, Jen says, I get... Kerrygold aged cheddar and Amish Swiss. Yeah, I've had that uh, Kerrygold cheddar. It's very tasty. It is pasteurized, but it is tasty. And um, apparently from grass-fed and grass-finished cows. Uh, there is some debate over Kerrygold. Uh, it's said that they may feed, uh, I think, grass pellets, perhaps, or something like that. Um, and Amish Swiss. That sounds like a pure food. The Amish can't <laughs> they can't really do anything uh, to mess with it, right? And love cottage cheese. <laughs> cheese head if I don't keep myself in check. Hey, same here. One serving a day at most. I'm glad you can limit yourself. Someday I'll get there. <laughs> but for now, I'm dairy-free. Uh, and I actually have a freezer full, a chest freezer full of raw goat's milk that I got for a kitten that I'm not going to get. So... I I don't know what to do with this. I'm going to try to donate it somewhere, something. But I was thinking, should I maybe at least try it? It's raw goat's milk. Uh, I might try at least a little bit. Um, but for the rest, I'm going to donate or something. Yeah, I'm going to donate it. I'm not going to throw it away. It's precious stuff. Yes, Jen loves eggs. So do I. But I can't eat eggs, at least not bird eggs. I can eat salmon roe. Uh, what's the name of your dehydrator again? Writing it down this time. Want those beef crisps? My dehydrator is a Kosori. Um, let's see if I can find it for you. I got it on... Uh, oh, okay. So it's a real brand. I thought it might be just one of these uh, cheap brands from China... Uh, like I, I, the last one I got was a cheap brand from China and it worked fine, uh, kinda, uh, but, uh, this is, this has worked better. It's kind of expensive, but, uh, I got it on sale. I got it on Amazon when it, there was a big discount. This is my dehydrator. It's, uh, stainless steel. Wow. 192 at Walmart. I paid way less than that but I paid just a little bit over a hundred bucks. So I guess look for sales, but there it is. That's my dehydrator. It, it's got a, a bunch of racks, six stainless steel trays, 
great timer. The the heat goes up to 165. There's a fan in the back that evenly heats everything inside. So that's how I make my jerky now. My dried meats, very good. I do recommend. It's a but you know you can find another even a cheap dehydrator, whatever you have. There are even air fryers that can do dehydration. So Z8 says, why would they even advertise drugs to us? Not like you go to your doctor and say, I'd like to try this drug I saw on TV. <laughs> but they tell you to say, ask your doctor. Uh, they have to recommend meds to you. Yeah, yeah. But that's why they say, ask your doctor about Kaflipaflop. <laughs> um, Jen says, oh no, grass pellets? I'm going to deep dive that. Okay, yeah, look into it. They... I mean, I love Kerrygold, um, but um, and I think grass pellets are technically grass, but yeah, that it is cruel and robs the cows of of microbes and and. But I think that it's only when they um, maybe have to be sheltered. So it could be a, a good thing that they're just continuing to feed them grass instead of uh, you know grain based feed or soy or whatever. So um, it might not be as bad as it sounds. Helan Quixote says. My starting people for Carnivore were Kelly Hogan and Michael Anthony. That is quite an honor. Thank you. That's so awesome. Kelly Hogan's one of my favorites. Certainly one of my top influences. And I also highly recommend her Carnivore News. Check it out. Hilarious. And informative, too. She covers some of the same things I cover. Uh, but she's being a little more lighthearted <laughs> in her video in, uh, a lot of the time. Yeah. So... Although I am joking around here. Aaron says, following your idea about goat's milk, I got some goat cheese, and I think I tolerate that better than other types. Yeah, it seems that uh, goat's milk is considered the universal milk, easily digested by many different, all different mammals across, yeah, the spectrum of ma ma mammalian uh, species. At least that's what the... Uh, Advertising for raw goat's milk says. <laughs> iDog TV says, on the topic of the dehydrator and meat chips, did I see a thin meat slicer in the background of a pick? Getting the uh, meat sliced thin is another tricky aspect I wonder about. Um, yeah, I have a deli slicer now. So, um, let's see. Um, let's just go to Instagram for a sec. And I'll show you my my Instagram. That's my friend Jody. Um, all right, so here's my... Jody's a great actress. Creative, very creative person. All right, so here's my feed. Here's some of my giant crazy jerky. I guess I'm off the uh, topic of the news, but this is all relevant. This is what we're following the news to protect, you know, a lifestyle. Oh, actually, I had other pictures in that, just in case anyone's interested. <laughs> that That's sirloin. So this was Chuck. It was very hard to lay down on the tray. And this is sirloin. And that's a pile of about five pounds of dried meat. I was able to dry all of that at once. 
in the dehydrator. And that is thin sliced with a deli slicer. Let's find that deli slicer. Um, was that in one of those pictures? Might have been. No, not in these pictures. Somewhere. I have a picture with my... But I do have a deli slicer, and that's how I've been slicing my meat super thin. I mean, here's another example, but I don't know if I have uh, an actual picture of... The, there's a picture of me having a migraine. <laughs> Ouch. Yeah. And... Uh, this is a graphic that I just I was I had to make. This is I ex I weighed out exactly on my food scale the amount of meat recommended by the dietary guidelines for um the United States. So dietary guidelines for Americans wants us to eat uh 26 ounces total. Oh, I'm sorry. This is <laughs> Wait a minute. Okay, no. This is the daily intake. So uh, 26 ounces per week total of meats, poultry, and eggs combined. One and a half pounds, about, is what they recommend <laughs> at most. I eat two pounds or more of fatty red meat every single day. Most days, unless I'm fasting. So <laughs> maximum re recommended daily meat, meat intake. And mind you, they really mean lean meats. They don't want us eating fatty red meat. But uh, I just just for fun, that's the amount of meat every day they want us to eat, and that's how much I eat on average minimum. <laughs> uh, it's an important point to make because they're trying to take uh, they're trying to take our burgers, man. Not cool. Not cool. Where is a picture of my slicer? These are meat sticks that I've made using collagen casing. Okay. I can't seem to find a picture of my deli slicer, but let's get back to the meat news because or I'll, before I do that, I'll see what else is in the chat. I hope that was helpful. Aaron says, compared with the cost of commercially processed biltong, that dehydrator has paid for itself, I promise you. Absolutely. Absolutely. I kept buying this uh, Tenda, um, see, uh, Ioba brand. In fact, let's see, uh, from Whole Foods. I would get these Ioba dried meats. And I guess Thrive Market has them also at a discount. But And they're, they're good. And Biltong and Droivors, uh but and you know they're just meat and spices i i have issues with spices sometimes so i try to avoid them but uh those were tasty and they did help me i enjoyed them quite a bit uh, but they are expensive and so you know 6.99 for i mean that's mind you on di that's a discount so you're looking at how much 31 grams of protein uh Yada, yada, yada. Beef raised with a vegetarian diet. Eh, that's a bit weird. I mean, you really you want pasture raised, uh, which that's everything. That's just natural raising. But um, it's supposed to be grass-fed. So what they say is grass-fed beef. So, I, But when they say vegetarian diet, I never noticed that. It's near the bottom. In any case, 
grass-fed beef, but um, you're only getting a little bit. What, three, a two-ounce bag, three fifty an ounce, $3.50 an ounce. That's, I mean, I can definitely do better. <laughs> so I haven't done the math on my homemade dried meats, but anyway, yeah, so yeah, I, again, this, the article that I was reading before, oh, I'll just answer this question before I move on. Uh, Jen says, do you use a deli slicer for yours? Yes. Yes, I do. I just can't find a picture of my deli slicer right now for some reason, and I don't have a picture lined up, but uh, I guess uh, I'll try to share that process soon. So, again, this article, they're, they're talking about cultured meat. So now we're saying, okay, so from plant-based products, and this is, again, from the conversation it's a podcast, and um, this is an article for their podcast, I guess. So it says, uh, from plant-based products, we turn to cultured meat, or what some call no-kill or vegan meat. Um, oh, wait, I, I kind of read a chunk of this already. So, um, so far, only one country in the world, Singapore, has granted a license to sell cultured meat. Really, Singapore? Come on. What are you doing that for? But even if more products do start making it onto menus and into supermarket aisles elsewhere in the world, will people eat it? China's resisting. Keep resisting, China. We talked to Maddie Wilkes, postdoctoral research associate in psychology at Yale University in Connecticut, U.S., about in the United States, uh, about her uh, research into people's readiness to eat cultured meat. While Wilkes says people's attitudes are, for the most part, cautiously optimistic, a sizable group are very against the idea, including me, including many of you. She says this is down to a mixture of things. Oh, let's see what she thinks we think. Such as concerns about the novelty, naturalness, disgust, and probably some sort of unknown f and fear in there as well. Okay, that's a really sloppy argument, but um, there's some truth in there. In our second story, uh, we're talking about the dangerous effects of cigarette advertising in, in, in Indonesia. Why did I say that? Because in, in, it's kind of tough to say in Indonesia without kind of stuttering. Uh, ranked in the top 10 countries in the world for the number of adults who smoke. Um, a couple of recent studies have, re have looked into the relationship between cigarette advertising and smoking in the country, and particularly among children. One of the researchers, uh, Nurjana, senior lecturer in health promotion at Universitas Dian Nuswantoro in Semarang City, Indonesia, explained that she and her colleagues found that uh, found when they mapped the proximity of cigarette advertising to schools. Okay, and Hannah Hogue, deputy deputy editor at the Conversation in Canada, gives us some of her recommended environment stories to dip into this week. All right, they're just outlining the the. Uh, they're outlining the conversation that they're having on the conversation. But, um, yeah, we're obviously not going to be listening to this right now. But um, the news clips 
in the episode. Okay, it looks like I yeah. There's no way to just take a quick look, but they have other articles. Uh, you might also like plant-based burgers. Should some be considered junk food? Yeah, I do kind of like the sound of that. I think all of them should be cons- considered junk food, pretty much. But um, how scientists make plant-based foods taste and look more like meat? Cultured meat seems gross. It's much better than animal agriculture, it says. <laughs> oh, wow. Taste alone. Taste alone won't persuade Americans to swap out beef for plant-based burgers. That's true. At least for this American. And people across the world. I could read any one of these articles and go absolutely nuts right now. <laughs> of course I could. But... um. I think I'm winding down and about to wrap this up. Let's get back to the chat. Well, let's look at a couple of other headlines from DuckDuckGo. Then I'll look at the chat, and then I'll probably get out of here. Oh, let's see. So it's a little better, I guess, than uh, Google News. A little more diversity in the stories. Uh, kind of. It's still lots of beyond meat cultured meat, but there are different sources. Meat vending machine company loses retail, uh, closes retail locations. Wow. I've never even heard of that. Meat vending machine company. The Applestone Meat Company said orders and curbside pickup will be available until inventory runs out. Oh, wow. I guess they closed all of their retail locations. That's, I've never even heard of this. Eastchester, New York. It's not in New York City, I'll tell you that. Eastchester, New York. Just a, just months a, uh, after opening a store in Eastchester, the Applestone Meat Company said it was closing all its retail locations. The company announced on its Facebook page that it was not a decision that was made lightly. We love what we do, and we feel incredibly lucky to have been a part of your lives for the past five years. The Post said, Unfortunately, maintaining our principles regarding supply chain, processing methods, staff pay and benefits, and product pricing has proved to be too challenging. Wow. It's rough. I mean, there are so many things to that. So many reasons. And, and a lot of it is unnecessary, in my very strong and I believe informed opinion. Website orders and curbside pickup will continue to be available in Stone Ridge until inventory runs out, the store said. The owners did say they will be developing and offering products and services to help retailers expand their businesses through innovative technologies. The Applestone Meat Company had meat vending machines in Stone Ridge in Ulster County and Hudson in, uh, in Columbia County when they opened a storefront vending location in Eastchester and in, uh, in Westchester in February. Wow, meat vending machines. I just have to see what those looked like. 24-7 meat vending machine in Westchester. I have friends in Westchester. Actually, they're in Duchess County. Duchess, which is near Westchester. But um, I'm not seeing the the vending machines. I want to see a picture of the vending machine. This is the same picture. Anyway. Um... Machines were stocked fresh daily. Raw meat, wow, raw meat, such as chops and steaks, were in the machines for a, ma- a maximum of a week, which is really no worse than a lot of these supermarkets, really. 
while processed foods like hot dogs could remain for up to two weeks. Yeah, probably full of sugar and other stuff. But Well, rest in peace uh, to the meat vending machines. That sounds so cool, and it's unfortunate that it's no longer a thing. That's the kind of thing we need to make meat more affordable. I mean, this was not more... I, mean, I guess it was probably regular prices, but we need to make it more, definitely more available, more convenient. But, um, yeah, the other headlines are... Yeah, again, the meat prices on the rise as restaurants return to work. We read that earlier. Logan Square's new Corner Cafe aims to be Chicago's best cured meat emporium. Well, cured meats can be great. That sounds like a hopeful story. Why the CEO? Back to the CEO of Impossible Foods trying to eliminate all animal-based meat in 15 years. Uh, some uh, right business insider on MSN. I tried Panda Express's new Beyond Meat orange chicken. It was delicious, and now I'm sold on plant-based chicken. Good for you, business insider. Whatever. It's not. It's not good for you. I mean, you can be. You can smile, giggle all you want. It's all gonna bite you in the tuchus. Beyond Meat opens JD.com store amid China consumer caution on meat substitutes. I covered that yesterday. And um, who is today's meat consumer from Feedstuffs? That's interesting. A lot of different questions from these headlines. A lot of different proposals from these headlines. Um, let's see. Cultivated meat startup uh, Gourmet bags $10 million in seed funds. Great. Another cultivated meat startup. Um, COVID staff shortage could shut meat production lines. I also covered that yesterday, I believe. It's from a day ago. It's rough. And now, again, something I covered uh, yesterday. Brits must eat less meat for the sake of their and the planet's health, says National Food Strategy. They're coming for at least their burgers, and that's not cool. Beyond not cool. And now, look at this. Why you shouldn't feed your dog raw meat. What do you want to bet they're going to recommend, what, kibble? Kibble? I mean, I was scared off from feeding my cat a raw diet, and that probably would have saved his life. So this is a damn shame. Infuriating. You should feed your dog raw meat. This is ridiculous. There are microbes in everything. What do you think is in a salad? A raw salad is full of bacteria, and a lot of a lot of plant products have to be recalled because of that kind of contamination. So, really, really, what are we doing here? Freaking out over uh, humans should not be freaking out over microscopic organisms that we know how to handle. So, enough said there, huh? I'm gonna look at the chat here and then probably wrap this up. Thanks so much, all of you who joined me and for keeping the chat so active. This has been great. Let me just, I'm just switching over if I can. All right. <laughs> I have a couple of monitors here and I, all right. Um, let's get out of the news and just focus on 
All right. So uh, let's see. Actually, I wonder if I can add a chat box so that you guys can see. Because I'm reading these off. And all right. I guess you can only see the new comments, but I'm going to read these off here. So, wow, $50 a pound, I'm sure that's possible that uh, some of these commercially pro um, made dry meats, you know, because, yeah, definitely by the time I I uh, buy all that stuff, I've, I could have just, I could have bought several dehydrators <laughs> of any kind. Z8 asks, did you wean yourself onto 100% meat or was it a gradual shift? How horrible were the poops? I don't remember any difficult poops. Uh, if anything, my uh, gastrointestinal health was greatly improved. Um, gradual shift, I don't know how gradual it was. I started off kind of a dirty carnivore, to be honest. So I was eating um, a lot of, I guess, yeah, just junk, <laughs> really, to be simple, I, I including... Jack Link's beef jerky and Slim Jims. That's how bad I was at the beginning. But a lot of it was, uh, I guess, the jerk chicken from the local West Indian restaurant in when I lived in Brooklyn. Uh, of course, cooked in seed oils, uh, smothered in uh, sugary sauce. And, uh, yeah, it was very bad for me, but I had no idea. Um, I didn't realize yet. It's like, just like I tried a, kind of a dirty paleo way back, maybe 10 years ago almost. And I didn't know what I was doing, so my paleo didn't make sense. And it didn't really help much either. So, uh, I don't know. I think I, I was somewhat sudden, but also I started off eating kind of crappy, dirty carnivore. <laughs> so it's hard to really say. But I started benefiting right away just because I was eating meat and not bread and no, not uh, nuts and uh, broccoli, <laughs> even broccoli, which has its issues. Okay. <laughs> Brent found the deli slicer in my uh, Instagram. So good. Good. Thank you. I hope uh, anyone else interested also finds it. Helan uh, Quixote says, or I, I don't know how to pronounce it, but Quixote says, I went 100% meat. Uh, first few weeks, don't trust your butt. <laughs> I don't think I experienced that. Unchained crochet with Jen and Jesus. Jen says, "If vegans are, uh, if, uh, veganism is so great, then why do they try to imitate meat for protein and taste?" I think a lot of that's to try to con uh, convert us, but I think a lot of that is also because they crave it and they know they crave it, but they think they crave it just because it's the taste. They crave it for nutritional reasons. They really do. Still won't be, uh, still won't get the best type of B12. That's right. 
um, or uh, the bioavailable iron from their Franken lab. Indeed, they yeah, it's just not the same. Brent says because people still crave meat, that's why they have fake meat that bleeds, quote unquote, beet juice. Yeah, that not just that they have um, that fake. Uh, you know, it's not even blood in real meat, but that fake uh, bleeding effect uh, is from. Uh, in I think one of those top two fake meats, I think they engineered an organism to just generate this stuff to pump it into the fake meat. So it's really creepy. Just to just to pretend that it's meat. Brent says also Mike checked the Instagram post giant jerky chips found that okay so thank you <laughs> yeah gotcha um, I guess if any I can I mean I'm I'm off of sharing my screen right now but I I, I could share that um, I just have to open up my Instagram again but um, let's see okay why not. Go back to Instagram. Again, I'm done with the news for now. Just hanging out with some comments here. So, another peek at my... I follow thrift store art. All right. Um, so, was I? Uh, myself, of course. The meat of it. I haven't searched, but giant, is this the giant jerky? No, that's the sirloin and burger jerkies. There it is. Giant jerky chips. So these are some giant beef jerky chips I made recently. And here's the deli site. It's a kind of a close-up. I think I have a better picture that I can share at some point in the future. But, yeah, that's me slicing up some sirloin steak on my kind of loud, cheap deli slicer. But it does the trick. Does the trick. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for finding that. And there's my jerky gun. <laughs> You'll never take my jerky gun, globalists. So, yeah, thank you. I hope that was helpful to see my little setup. That's how I slice my meats. Jen says, uh, remember the chives they used to have at Taco Bell? Stopped using them after six people died from contamination. See? I mean, everyone wants to freak out about meat, germs and meat, but uh, germs are everywhere, and Raw plants, I mean, at least the meat is cooked, you know? Un and actually, I guess those might have been cooked chives, but they were still contaminated. Fact is, plants get contaminated all the time. And I agree, Jen, that beet juice, to pretend it's the blood, so-called blood in meat, is redonkulous. And Jen also says, I switched to carnivore post-op. 
after an operation and having to take calcium uh, supplements. Uh, so I had double ooh, double runs. Probiotics helped. Eek. I'm glad that the probiotics helped. Brent uh, Brent YT says, um, well, uh, also they put heme, um, heme in it. Apparently not beet juice. Yeah, but I mean the heme is I think this weird thing that's being produced by a microbe that was programmed to do so. Really creepy stuff. That's the only word that comes to mind is creepy when I hear about this stuff. <laughs> uh, no, th th thanks for uh, thanks for sending a comment twice to make sure you got my attention. You got my attention. Jen says thank you because I don't use Instagram. Okay, <laughs> cool, good. Yeah, I I used Instagram before it was bought by Facebook, and it's still pretty good. Z8 asks, where did you get the deli slicer? Not something I've ever thought of buying, but it'd be handy. Uh, for better or worse, I got it on Amazon. Uh, so I get a lot of things. I, I have Amazon Prime. I'm stuck with that all year. So I'm making the most of it. Um, and yeah, they do have quite a selection, including that deli slicer, which I got for, I think, um, I don't know. I just, I refuse to spend more than around a hundred bucks for any of these things, so that's probably around where the price was. But yeah, I would just look up deli slicer and pick one that suits your needs. I can't you know, really necessarily recommend the one I have. It's kind of loud and uh, the I don't know. It's probably not the best, but it works for me and my purposes. Well, um, that's it for the chat for now and uh probably for the night so um still have a bunch of you out there watching and listening thanks so much i hope you've enjoyed this uh live meet news well it's meet news live i've been calling it and i plan on doing this every weekday so uh, you can expect me on monday with more i don't know what hour so i've been kind of i want to mix it up i do want to mix it up and plan to do so but it's been typically in the evenings because I'm such a night owl. All right. Uh, I would have done this earlier, except I wanted to get out earlier and get some sunshine, and I did a live stream of my scooter ride. I was riding for, I guess, 25 miles, and I live streamed the whole thing. It was fun. And I don't plan on doing that much. So uh, those of you who enjoyed it, I'm glad you did. C.L. Fallon says, take it easy, Mike. Thank you, you too. And thank you, Aaron. Thanks for joining. And uh, I'm glad you enjoyed it. Um, and, and Jen says, thanks everyone. Have a good weekend. Yes, indeed. I want everyone to have a great weekend. I want to say uh, a quick uh, special thanks to my supporters on Patreon. Uh, Kevin, Jeffrey, Nate, Matt, Todd, Mary, Adrian, Jordan, Grigori, my dad, and MJ Armstrong. All right. Have a meaty weekend, everyone, unless you're fasting, of course. And um, thanks again. I'll see you again soon. I'm ending my live stream now. And Oh, wow. Thank you, Z8, for the <laughs> $14.99 super chat. I really appreciate that.
that's a really, really special way to end the chat. I really appreciate it. And I'll be back soon. Thanks again. And have a great weekend.